the podcast. I am so excited to be here because I was not here last week and so I am just so excited to talk with you guys and today's episode is also just really chatty because it's going to be me answering your guys' life advice questions. I was originally going to do this with Aiden because I know last time I did it with Aiden, a lot of people enjoyed that episode and I think we might record an episode together for next week, but Honestly, I have a lot of thoughts to share in the intro of this episode, and so I kind of just wanted to keep it solo, and especially whenever I missed a week, I just feel like I need to catch up with you guys, and so I'm so excited to be here. You guys submitted so many life advice questions that I haven't even looked at yet, so I'm really excited to read those and just share some advice. By the time you guys are listening to this, it's probably a week until Christmas, so I hope you guys are having just a great start to getting into the Christmas week. I cannot believe, and I know I say this every year, but I more so can't believe that it's going to be 2022 next year. (laughs) Like, I haven't even thought about my New Year's resolutions and goals because I always like to make those and like make a vision board and do all that kind of thing. But I am going to do an episode, I think next week or the week after that on like a New Year's inspiration kind of motivation because I'm a big New Year's person. But I haven't even had time to think about it because it's just been such a crazy holiday season. And yeah, this intro is going to be a little chatty. If you just want to get right into the life advice, you can just skip through this. But I have so many thoughts for some reason today. If you guys don't know, I sometimes forget people just click and do this podcast. My name is Michelle. I am the host of this podcast, But What's Next? I answer a lot of questions about like life advice, marriage, finances, all the things. It's a very conversational podcast. So if you want to subscribe, or write a review. I would really appreciate that. That helps with the podcast. If you enjoy, if you want to stick around. And it's funny I'm starting this podcast like this because I have quite honestly been in such a good headspace lately. I've been very just gung-ho about life, very joy-filled, very fulfilled in work, very fulfilled in my personal life. But today, for some reason, I'm just going to warn you, I'm feeling some blues and some blues that I just can't seem to shake today. And so sometimes this podcast is really helpful for me because I'm not a verbal processor. So it's kind of good for me just to sit down and to share my thoughts and Hopefully, if anyone else is feeling this way, to know you're not alone. But essentially, I usually share my high and low of the week, but I'm just going to share my thoughts right now because I have to before getting into this episode. Just been feeling a bit strange getting into Christmas this year because I don't know, there's something about when you're an adult, Christmas sometimes can turn from, you know, for me, whatever holiday you celebrate this season, for me, I celebrate Christmas because I'm a Christian and it's all about the birth of Jesus and the Advent season and the hope of looking forward to a savior. And I've just kind of lost sight of that. I think when you're an adult, you have so many more responsibilities with holidays where I'm not even the one hosting anyone. So I can't even imagine doing that. But there's just so many people to buy gifts for, which I think is a great thing, but you sometimes feel guilty like you didn't get people the best gift that you could have, or especially when you're married and you have two families, you want to get them equal amounts of things, but then at the same time, I know me and I'm like, I couldn't care less if someone didn't give me a gift. I'm just not a big gift person. I like giving gifts, but the older I get, the more I just realize the things that are really worth it in life are usually not material. And I've been feeling like I've been getting sucked into kind of like the material side of Christmas. And I was at church today and we were singing the hymn that's O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Here, let me pull up the lyrics because... I need to pull up the lyrics for context. It says, O come, thou day spring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. And I just, when it was talking about the gloomy clouds and the deaths 
dark shadows. I don't know if anyone else has been feeling this recently and quite honestly for the past like two years. There's just kind of this somber darkness that's been in the air. That hymn really stuck out to me because so many of the Christmas hymns are just so positive and joyful because again, it's like Jesus is being born. This is such a beautiful thing. But you also just have to acknowledge that there's also a lot of darkness in the world and there is evil and evil is definitely present. And I know this time there are people who have lost loved ones around Christmas time or who can't celebrate with their family. This year we're celebrating in Utah with Aiden's mom and him and his brother but there's a chance that his brother won't be able to come now just with like everything going on and it's just sad like it's sad to not be able to celebrate those days with someone we haven't seen him for quite some time too because he's studying abroad it's just sad to think about that happening and it's sad to think about people who have lost loved ones around this time we lost my grandma I think seven or six years ago my dad's mom and I know for him it's not necessarily the most joyful day when you think about losing your mom even though you know that they are in a better place and I think the thing that stuck out about that hymn is just how so many songs are joyful and happy and, you know, very cheerful. Like Christmas is such a cheerful time, but I think especially in the past couple of years, quite honestly, and for me just lately, there is darkness very much present and it's hard to just, you know, distract yourself with Christmas presents or trees and the more important message is that you can't distract yourself from that and it's important to recognize you know what's out there and find hope and I mean for me that's just finding it in Jesus because you know putting your hope and trust in the world I think especially has shown that it's not always the most secure place so yeah I'm not trying to be a Scrooge either I'm also not trying to be this way right before Christmas but I want to put this out here because I think there's so much pressure to just always feel so happy and positive around Christmas time but it's okay if you feel a special way at this time if you feel you know darkness at this time but it's also so important to know that there's hope and you don't have to sit in that I will say that my high of the week is probably the fact that we went to a Flatland Cavalry concert last night. It was so much fun. I went with my parents and Aiden and my sister Jamie, and we just had such a good time. I love their music. I've recently gotten into country music since moving back to Texas, and it was just so much fun getting to be there with my parents and see them have a good time. My parents are so young at heart that it's just fun doing stuff like that with them because they really do enjoy it. And it's also nice because in the past few days, it actually feels like Christmas here, which is always a joy. So it's nice when it's actually cold outside. I'm excited to go to Utah. I'm excited to go on a road trip with my family too right after. I am a bit sad because we're leaving cash though and it's his first Christmas and we come home on his birthday. So that'll be good. But I, it was out of my control. I couldn't bring him. I mean, you guys know we bring him pretty much everywhere when we travel because he is just such a big part of our family. And I was getting sad today thinking of not being here. We're going to celebrate our family Christmas though before, and that'll be in a vlog if you want to watch it too, because I'm excited about that. But that was another reason why I was feeling a bit sad today. But I think that's everything for this intro and it was a little bit longer. So let's just go ahead and get into the life advice. Okay, this is an interesting one, so I wanted to read. She says, I love you and I appreciate the anonymity of your Q&As. I've never participated before, but I have something really laying on my heart. I'm dating the most kind man, the most caring, gentle love I've ever known, and believe me, I've dated around. I know this love is special, but I can't help my insecurities. I am a petite woman myself, but fit. I take care of myself. I work out. I eat what my body wants slash needs. I am the healthiest I have ever been mentally in my body, but the man I'm dating weighs less than me. 
And just wanted to say, if you're going to be triggered by weight, you can skip over this one because she's talking about weight. But she says, I'm about 130 pounds and he on a normal day is around 128 pounds. Is it super dumb that it makes me super insecure? We've unfortunately talked about it before because sometimes I can't help myself from feeling vulnerable and insecure when it comes up. I know I have struggled with eating disorders and body image in the past, and this is his natural body, and I should respect it, so I try to ignore the combos now when it comes up. But he always recognizes something is wrong because I don't want to tell him what it is because I feel like it is wrong to body shame him. I feel this is a me problem to fix and basic stereotypical gender roles that I need to get over. Is it wrong to want to feel protected and secure? Should I talk to him about it? I don't know if you could help. Sorry, this was so long. Yeah, this one's hard because I do think that there are times when you do have a preference of wanting to date someone that is just larger than you. And I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing if that's what you want and if that's what you're attracted to. And I don't think you can force yourself to be physically attracted to someone, even though physical attraction isn't absolutely everything. I do think it should be there. I don't know if that's a controversial opinion, but um, for me, like... I do think, though, if you're secure in your body, like you said, you work out and you feel healthy and you feel fit, then, I mean, for me, I don't even weigh myself. I know that Aiden doesn't weigh himself. He probably weighs himself when he goes to the doctor, but I have no idea what he weighs, and I also don't really know how much I weigh because I just don't think that weight is a marker of someone's health. I also think, like, everyone is given the body that they're meant to have for the most part and obviously you can get into unhealthy patterns so I don't know I just think God builds us in a way where our frame is supposed to be the way that it's supposed to be and like for example for me I have like more muscular thighs than say other people or thicker legs I talked about this in a video and that used to be something I was really insecure about but now as an adult like I love my legs it's probably one of my I don't know, it sounds weird, but that's something that I really like because when I work out, I really do feel very strong when I'm doing like deadlifts or single leg deadlifts or squats or lunges. I just have strong legs that can bring me through those workouts, so I appreciate it. So I think that you should just question if it's a you thing, if you are actually insecure about your body. I think the fact that you know that he is like two pounds lighter than you and weight fluctuates so much too that that might be a marker that it is more of your issue rather than obviously it's not his fault either that he is the way he is that he's like a more petite or slimmer figure whatever you want to say and I mean from the outside too I always think it's really cool when I see a girl with a guy and she's way taller than him like I never look at that and think oh that's so weird or like oh it's weird that she's taller than he is or whatever I just think that sometimes you get in your head and you should question it do I just think this because I've been trained to think this or is this because I actually do want someone who is physically larger than me because I don't think that that's a bad thing if that's what you want to I'm reading this book or I just read it it's on like birth control and fertility it's really interesting but she talks about how that affects your mating preferences and who you choose to have as a partner and it's really interesting and she kind of talks about that too so yeah I think that might be the way that you're wired if that's the way that you want to be but I think you should question and make sure you're not just thinking that because even if you are with someone who is larger than you physically one day you might still be insecure about your body and you don't want to allow those issues to be projected onto him and again bringing that into your relationship when it's actually something that you're insecure about but obviously like body image is such a 
tough thing to get through, a tough thing to tackle. I don't think, I mean, I have bad body image days, but I think I've come a long way. I like this one too. I don't think I've really talked about this much. She says, whenever I ask people, no one really knows what to say and I want to have your input. As a Christian myself, churches and even the Bible say to be the Lord's disciples and share his word. In a society that judges quickly and gets offended, I feel like I am comfortable sharing my faith or I'm not comfortable sharing my faith because I'm scared I'm going to say the wrong thing. God has done so many great things in my life and I want to share it and I know the true power of God's grace and healing. So my question is, how do you introduce God to people that you don't know besides social media? How do you bring it up in conversations and say your opinion in today's world? Thank you so much. I love your videos and podcasts. So nice. I guess my perspective on this, and this is something that my dad actually always kind of emphasized to us and even my mom, and I think growing up with my parents, I think that there is kind of like a line of Christianity that really believes in kind of talking the talk a lot and speaking up about your faith and sharing your faith, which is very important. But I think sometimes we can lose sight of how powerful it is to live your life in a way where people, you know, look at you and think, okay, she is living differently. There's something different about her. There's a way that she walks with grace or just loves other people And I think that that is truly the best way to, quote, witness to other people. And like growing up, I just always used to think it was always about, you know, going up to someone and telling them about God. And I guess I've learned that that's not always the most effective way to share your faith to other people. And I think my YouTube channel is a good example of this where I have people of all different faiths who watch my videos and all different faiths who listen to this podcast, too. There's something that draws them in, whether that's the way that the video makes them feel, the way that I talk about certain things, or even like the values that I have. People can be drawn to that. And I'm really thankful for that because I love what I do and I love doing YouTube. But I've learned that it's easier to become friends with someone because you have that shared interest or you kind of live your life in a way where they're drawn to you and then you slowly share more about your faith. And yeah, I know there's a lot of different lines of thoughts. There's people who believe that, you know, God is ultimately the one who changes hearts. And I think sometimes when we talk about discipleship and talk about sharing our faith, there's so much pressure that's put on us as individuals to do that to other people when really God's the only one who can change and soften people's hearts. Now, that doesn't mean that you just don't even pay attention to it at all. Like, that's also not it. I just think of the life of Jesus. And we were talking in church today about how no one talks about the gentleness of the Spirit of God and how that was what a lot of people were drawn to in a world that is quarrelsome and a world that is very, like you said, quick to judge. Being around someone who has a gentle spirit that's inquisitive, that's curious and cares for other people, like that's the most revolutionary anti-cultural thing that you could do to share your faith to other people. Yeah, I know that everyone's going to agree with that. I just always grew up, especially like when we have kids one day, this is the way that we plan to raise our kids is not by shoving our beliefs down our kids' throats, but living our lives in a way where our kids look to us and think, okay, you know, you know, dad's doing this right or mom always did this and it made her more content as a person. Like for me, I woke up every morning and I saw my dad reading his Bible in his chair. He wasn't, you know, scolding me for not reading my Bible, but I saw him doing it every day. And so it was something that I was naturally drawn to. I saw my mom putting together the envelope to give to church. It was never, I don't know, I was just never parented in a way where my parents were 
shoving their opinions down our throats. Now that doesn't believe that doesn't mean that they didn't share their opinions and didn't share their thoughts on different topics and have hard conversations with us, but it was very much living their lives out. And I think I guess for me and like my personality type too, I just resonate with that a lot more rather than something that's super preachy. Like that's just not I don't know. I've gotten very disenchanted by that. I don't know. This is just like a recent thing, I think, in the past few years. And when I went to college, I kind of changed my mind about those things, too. So I don't know if that's helpful. But I think also just being bold, too, and just caring for other people. Like when someone seems like they're down, even when you're just going to the grocery store and it's the person who's checking out your groceries, like actually showing them care and asking how their day is instead of saying, you know, hey, do you know Jesus? Because I just think people at the end of the day want to feel cared for. And I think that's what Jesus shows to us too. And so that's the best way to really just share your faith and live out your faith too. She says, I had a friend in school who was always kind of competing with me about grades, friends, activities, etc. I don't know when this started, but I always felt like she was booting me out of friend hangouts and claiming our mutual friend group as hers. After our graduation four years ago, we had no contact anymore. I know she had a boyfriend since some time, and so she got engaged to him a couple of days ago. She posted her ring on Instagram, which was a stab in the heart for me. My boyfriend and I are dating since almost six months, so an engagement or marriage is not really an option right now because we want to wait till about three years until we get married. I know this is bad, but I'm extremely jealous of her. I'm longing for marriage since I was 17, and now she is the one experiencing it first. It kind of awakes these old competition feelings I had in school, and although I'm very happy in my relationship, I have the feeling that I'm behind. The thought of her sitting under the Christmas tree with an engagement ring is gut-wrenching for me and lets me be dissatisfied with my own relationship. My boyfriend is the most amazing man in the world, and I want to be content with the life stage I'm in, but it upsets me that she is living my dream of getting married. I hope you can help me with the situation, how to handle these jealousy feelings. It sounds like you have a bit of a frenemy, which is what I like to call it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty simple. I definitely struggle with feeling envy. And it's always envy when someone's in a life stage that you are really longing for and you're really hoping for, but you're not quite there yet. And you see them enjoying it and it kind of makes you feel like you are losing your spark in the stage that you're in right now. And I just have to say that, what's that quote that says, I cannot think of the quote, but it's like, don't let someone else's color distract from your something. I cannot remember what it is, but basically the blessings that she has in her life isn't taking anything away from the ones that you have in yours. And I know it's easier to say that from the outside, especially when it's something with engagement, marriage, there's just something about it where I remember that feeling, but just know that one day that's going to be you. And one day she's probably going to look back and think, oh, like I remember that period and I wish I was back there. So now that I'm encouraging you to keep competing with her either, I think sometimes when you have this kind of relationship with someone too, and this might be kind of like brutal honesty advice, but I think it's really important to stop checking in on her and checking up on what she's doing. I just realized that these kind of friendships, especially with like female friendships, it's so easy for things to turn into competing and jealousy and life is just way too short to act like you're friends with someone when you're actually just competing with them. And whether that's you feeling that too and her too, like it takes two to tango here too. I think it's important to just this sounds bad, but cut ties if that's the kind of relationship that you have because there is so much time to be with people who support you and who are happy when you succeed at things and 
this is a big reason why I feel like I don't have a ton, a ton of friends because it is hard to find that, especially for some reason when you're finding like other female friendships. I think it's so easy just to think that you have to compete with one another and you want to be friends with someone who's genuinely happy for you because when things take a turn, because sometimes they will, the worst thing is when you realize that someone actually finds pride when you're low. And I have been in friendships before when I felt like our friendship was closer when I was struggling, when I wasn't doing my best because I like made them less insecure. And that's a hard thing to admit, but it, again, like you could be part of the problem too. So I think like muting her on Instagram if you have to do that. You don't have to necessarily unfollow her, but have the discipline to stop checking in and comparing and spend that energy on you know your relationship with your boyfriend like you've been dating for six months you're right it is very fresh and you still have so much time to get to know him better instead of actually spending this time feeling like you're competing sorry if that's like very blunt advice too I've just been here before and I know that feeling and it's not a fun one Okay, this one says, first off, thank you for doing what you do. As weird as it may be because we've never met, you were like an older sister to me and it's so awesome to be growing up with you from afar, which is so sweet. She says, secondly, to give you some context to my question, I am a 22-year-old Christian and I have been married for a year since November. My husband and I tend to hold the same values that you and Aiden do, so I'm looking forward to any advice you have on this. She says, I'm naturally a a leader, very organized, and I'm overall a go-getter. I am also the kind of person who lives life out loud, especially when it comes to my faith. I find that in most areas of my marriage, I am the one initiating things, from basic tasks during the day to creating a budget, going on dates, and anything to do with us going to church or talking about the Lord. My husband is more laid back than I am and tends to be quieter overall. He is incredibly intelligent, and I know he loves the Lord, but he does not take leadership in our household like I think he should. I'm wondering if you have advice on practical things I can do to help him take on more of a leadership role. I have spoken with him about this several times over the course of our marriage, and nothing really changes. I know I shouldn't play the comparison game because comparison is a thief of joy, but I see you and Aiden, and I also watch Tori and Chad, and I want that kind of marriage. I want one where we are both focused on serving Christ and each other, but I feel like I'm the only one trying for that in my marriage. I think this is a really great question because especially what you said at the end of this, it makes me just want to say like a PSA. What you see online is not necessarily every aspect of a marriage. And this is so important to share because I know there are so many people who compare themselves and their marriage to people that they see online and you just don't see the full picture. And that's not to say that I don't have a great marriage, that Tori and Chad don't have a great marriage. But I'm saying this because I think especially in the Christian community, we can put people up on pedestals and then, you know, down the line realize that things actually weren't as great as they were. And maybe they are great. And at the same time, that is not the marriage that God has you in. And he's put you where you are for a reason. That's not to say I'm not saying that if you're in like a very unhealthy, abusive, toxic relationship that you're meant to be there. I don't want people to take what I'm saying, but 
I just know when I was younger, I had a tendency to kind of compare myself and my relationship. And it's funny that you say this because yes, it is a beautiful thing when someone takes charge and has opinions on things. But I was literally just in the car with Aiden. And I was like, I wish sometimes that you would not have as many opinions about things as you have. You know, yes, those are beautiful things, but sometimes things in excess can also be a little bit frustrating too. So it's okay that God has wired you differently as people. I I don't know, maybe it's controversial, but I don't necessarily think that, I don't think that you necessarily have to do everything the same way that everyone else is doing it. Like, I think God has given you qualities as a person of being very type A and not controlling, but particular about things. And those are things that you can use to benefit your marriage. Now, I will say if there are aspects where you want him to take more of an initiative in, whether that's doing the budget more, whether that's initiating conversations about, you know, Christ and your relationship with God you have to communicate that with him. And it sounds like you kind of have already brought this up, but bring it up with a bit more severity. Like, hey, this is something that's really important to me within our relationship. And I would appreciate if we both worked on this together. So say it's the aspect of you wish you could talk more about your spiritual walk with him. Like you guys start doing once a week more of a marriage devotional together. I mean, this is something for me, like we will read our Bible separately a lot of the time, but there was a point where I just really wish we were communicating and praying together and being more intentional about our about our walk. And so I brought this up within our relationship. And I mean, he agreed and he committed to it too, but we started doing like this marriage devotional for once a week within our marriage. But it took me having to say that too. And I didn't resent him for the fact that I was the one who brought that up. Like I didn't say, I wish you were the one who was bringing this up. I just knew it was healthy for our marriage. And so we committed to it and we did it. And our marriage was better for it. And if it's the budget, say, hey, I wish that we could put together a budget and you actually take a lot of the lead on it and letting him know and putting up the guidelines to make that happen. I think there's a lot of like shame and being with someone who doesn't initiate things, but sometimes they don't know that that's what you actually want and what you'd prefer. And it takes just like practically putting together the steps to do it. And I had someone DM me and I was talking about how like in a past episode that Valentine's Day was important for me, no matter how stupid it was that I wanted. I just told Aiden like, hey, I want you to do something for Valentine's Day because I like it. Now every year for Valentine's Day, he does something for me. And yeah, did I feel little like why am I even telling him this I wish that he would just do it yeah it feels a little crazy at the start but then he just does it I think like TikTok and social media can just put such a bad image in our mind that people are just always in these like really amazing solid relationships which is great that they are but it's not like a sexy TikTok for me to say hey I told my boyfriend to do something on Valentine's Day you know Like you just kind of have to ask for what you want. And I used to not be great at communicating and just realize if I would communicate about the things that I wanted or the things that I expected, if they're reasonable expectations, because expectations can also lead you very much astray. Just know that one, you don't need to compare yourself to other relationships online. Yes, I think it's good to take advice from them. Like I love Tori and Chad. I think that they're such solid people. They have such a solid relationship, but I am saying this because I'm sure they would say it too, but their marriage is not perfect and neither is mine and we still argue about things too and that's okay. 
And it's okay. And I think it's important for people to say that too. So there isn't like this unhealthy comparison. She says, I'm also in my 20s. She also said some really nice stuff before this, but I'm just keeping this short because I have, I want to get through more than just a few of them. She says, I'm also in my 20s. I struggle a lot with comparing my life to others my age. I dropped out of university to pursue a job with Disney on ice. Even though it's a huge accomplishment for me, I still feel like I'm not doing enough. I don't know what my life will look like in five plus years and that scares me. My question is, how do you stay focused and disciplined on your daily tasks that will have long-term benefits without getting frustrated or giving up because you aren't seeing results right away? She also said, if you would ever like to watch a Disney on Ice show, I'd love to get you and Aiden some tickets, which is so sweet. I would absolutely love to do that. I talked about this in my last vlog, but I'm not a dreamer. I don't look ahead years in advance and think, okay, if I do this thing today, it's going to help me get to this point where I want to be. I'm very much a daily tasks person. Like I will do all of these small, tiny, not so important tasks before I do any of the bigger things because that's just how I am. I also think when you get used to doing smaller tasks and the smaller things on your to-do list, you get more momentum to check off the bigger things too. But I think it's just commitment. And I think committing to the things that you want in life, like let's say for health, for example, for me, the older that I get, the more I realize that health is just such a blessing to be healthy, to not have, you know, underlying diseases and not having to, I don't know, be like restricted with what you can do in life in terms of how you move your body. So for me, when it comes to working out and fitness and I honestly don't eat as healthy as I would say I used to, so I'm not really going to say that, but especially with fitness, I want to grow up one day, and I guess this is something where I look forward to, but I want to have kids one day, and I want to run around with them, and I want to, you know, be able to be an active parent, and I want to have grandkids one day and be able to see them, and I want to be able to visit my family and get on a plane when I'm older, and I realize that these are simple things, but I have to work on my health and my fitness to get there. So when I wake up at 7 o'clock to go to an F45 class in the morning, I'm not necessarily thinking about those long-term things, but I know that this is a choice that I made, and so I'm going to honor the commitment and honor the promise I made to myself because I owe that to myself. I think so much of our society, and especially when it comes to career and everything, we're always committed to honoring our promises to a boss or another person, you know, within a marriage or within a friendship. But I think I've learned when it comes to discipline, you get the strongest in your self-discipline habits when you learn to be that boss for yourself when you learn to commit to yourself because once you stop honoring the promises that you make to yourself that's when you fall out of good habits and it's so true and it happens immediately and that's not to say that I think that you have to be you know 100% on all the time because I'm not but I know that if I can honor the promises to myself first then I'm going to honor them to other people even better too so it makes me a better friend it makes me a better worker it makes me a better that's the reason why I do the tiny small things that I do now there are a lot of things that I'm not great at like for one I'm not good at texting people back all the time and I know this is kind of like a dumb thing but I'm trying to work on it because I know that that's not really nice when I leave people hanging like I need to communicate when they spend time to reach out to me so I'm not good at all the tiny things but yeah I mean there's no flowery inspirational way to put it I just see it as okay this has to get done like this just has to get done it's gonna make me a stronger person but when I wake up in the morning I'm not thinking like 
oh, here's some deep reason why I'm doing the things that I'm doing. So yeah, I think especially when you're in a job that's not your end all be all, you don't want to be here for the rest of your life, but it's where you're at right now. And it's where God has you right now. And you have to be faithful in that at the moment. I don't really know if that helps, but that's just kind of, you know, what I've learned over the years and what's helped me. She says, so I recently got engaged and I'm slowly realizing that I'm marrying into a family and will have to deal with them for a long time. They aren't that bad, but there's definitely some differences between my fiance's family and my own. I struggle mainly with my future mother and sister-in-law in the sense that we disagree on basically anything of substance, so religion, political views. The only reason this is an issue is because they like to voice their opinions on it all the time. Also, they know that we differ in our beliefs, and it feels as if they're trying to make that even more clear to me. But then they get upset that I don't ask to hang out or seek an actual relationship with them, which I know because they tell my fiance. Oh, it's hard. So I guess I'm asking for advice on how to deal with them in the best way. It literally makes me so mad because it feels like they are trying to make me upset. And then at the same time, it want, they want me to like them and want to spend time with them. Do I suck it up and ask to do more things together? Or do I speak out more on my, my beliefs and fight back? Not really my forte. It's just so frustrating and I'm stuck. I think if you don't want to get into arguments about political things, religious things, whatever it may be, you don't have to. I don't think anyone is asking you. It almost seems like they're kind of like hoping that you'll fight back because that's what they want you to do. But if you're going to share your opinion on something, it should be because you want to share your opinion, not because you're being pestered to do so. I'm also a believer. I've talked about this before, but there's the phrase that blood confronts blood. So if your mother-in-law is having like an issue with you and is feeling upset with you, then it should be your husband who talks to her because ultimately that's his mom. And you don't want to damage your relationship with her when you aren't technically blood family. And sometimes it's easier to mistreat someone when they aren't. This is sad. I just, I think it's sad, but it is a reality. It's easier to mistreat them when they aren't physically your blood related family. And so I would encourage him to, it sounds like they've already talked to him, but oh, this is so hard. I don't even know. I think you can ask to see them, but I don't know if it gets to a point here. This is what I think you should do. Maybe ask to see them, go get coffee with them, get lunch and they start talking about politics, talking about religion, kind of getting you to respond. Just be like, hey, I like don't really love talking about those things with you guys. If we could just like talk about something else or just straight up be like, this is why I don't spend a lot of time with you because you guys bring these things up and it just makes me kind of uncomfortable. I am also the biggest chicken in the world. So I feel like I'm not one to speak about that. I'm also not a confrontational person. Like I did not get that gene at all. But I will say that sometimes people will respect you more if you are just upfront about your beliefs. If you are just upfront about the way that you think, it's almost like they want you to kind of bring that up. But again, I think that you should only kind of like go back at it if it's something that you actually want to go back at it about. Like, I don't think you should be pressured into it. I really don't have a lot of advice though. This is why I need to do this podcast with someone else because I think that other people could give some better advice. I don't think it's worth getting into a huge fight over. It sounds like they are a little bit insecure too if they're insecure that you're not hanging out with them, but they're also insecure if you disagree like, if you're with someone who gets insecure because people disagree with them on politics or religion, like, that's their own problem. I think you should be able to be friends and hang out with people who do disagree with you on things, but that's, 
Just me personally. This one's good. She says, I would love some advice on managing clashing personalities at my wedding. My fiance and I are getting married in spring 2023. I know it's a while away, but I'm already starting to get stressed about managing family dynamics and keeping people happy. For background, I come from a pretty conservative house. No swearing, everything always feels safe and perfectly controlled, not a hair out of place, no one gets drunk, etc. My fiance's family, on the other hand, is quite the opposite. I love them all so much and they are truly such good and kind people. However, they tend to be more of big drinkers and let's just say they aren't afraid to let a few four-letter words slip out. To be honest, I'm not bothered by it because I'm so used to hearing it, but I'm so afraid of my family getting upset or offended by it and making a comment or getting angry and it ruining the wedding. They tend to be a little judgy about swearing or people getting drunk. I'm probably just anxiously overthinking, but I just don't know how to create an environment where everyone has a great time while there are so many strong personalities that are so different. The last thing I want is for people to be upset at my wedding, including myself. Okay, I just have to say, on your wedding day, you, for one, will probably have no idea if there is drama because the day is going to go by so fast and... I believe if you have great people in your life and if you really do love your family, they're going to want it to be the best day possible for you. And so if something is happening, if something is going on, they're not going to bring that to your attention and make that like a bad thing for you. And even if they are judgy, if, you know, someone lets loose a little bit too much, it's a wedding. It's going to be a great day. It's going to be your day. And at the end of the day, it's about you. You cannot control either family. You can't control your family's reactions. And you also can't control if someone drinks too much. I think at the end of the day, if you have a solid family, they're going to want it to be the best day. I think if you have bridesmaids too, try to check in with them and say, hey, if anything is going wrong, this is something I did, like if anything is going wrong on the day of, like you handle it, you don't bring it to my attention, you let it be, unless it's obviously something where you really should know if some someone's hurt or something, like that's totally different. But for the minor things, everyone should be worried about you know, making you happy and your soon-to-be spouse happy because it is y'all's day. It's no one else's and nothing bothers me more than when other people try to make the day about them. Like, it's it's not your day. It is not your day at all. And if someone lets loose, it's not your fault. And it's also, you know, not your fault if your family reacts a certain way. Like, it's going to be a wedding and I'm sure you're overthinking it too. It's probably going to be so much fun and you probably won't even know if something happens because I feel like there were things, actually, I don't know if anything really happened at ours. But again, I don't know because no one told me. I'm sure there was something the day of that went crazy and that I just don't know about because people were worried about it being, you know, our special day. So I think communicating and make sure that that's kind of the same goal that everyone has and just don't sweat it. I think this is a good question because it's kind of what I talked about in the beginning, but she says, what is your advice to avoid or combat seasonal blues? I'm from Michigan where it gets dark extremely early and the cold keeps you from staying outside. It can be really difficult to stay energized and motivated. I love this question and I for one just want to say that I just listened to a really good podcast from what we said with JC and Chelsea they did a whole episode on dealing with like seasonal not depression because I think depression is much more serious but just like general blues during the winter time and they gave a really a lot of just really great advice in that episode that helped me too because I felt this a lot in New York and it would always hit in January or February too because you know in December you're thinking about Christmas it's fun but I think when you get into January February March it's just kind of hard sometimes and so this is a big reason why I talk a lot about 
romanticizing small things in my videos, like spending the time to make a cozy dinner, you know, lighting candles in your home, putting on a movie that you really enjoy watching, you know, watching a show with your significant other that you look forward to every week. Those things are really helpful because they do seem like small things, but when you have small things to look forward to every single day, it helps you kind of bring you out of that seasonal sadness of just wanting to like lay in your bed in a blanket wrapped up and not be productive. I think working out is so important. Like find a workout class that you love. That's why we've been loving going to F45 and Aiden initially wasn't really, he's not a big like morning workout person, but we've been going two to three times during the week together and he loves it. Like at the beginning, he was like, oh, I don't want to go to this. Why are you making me go to this? But now he's the one who's like, hey, let's do a class on Saturday. And so I think initially you're kind of opposed to doing certain things, but then you learn to crave them, especially when it is in the winter time when you just need things to do. And also I know Michigan is absolutely freezing. So I'm a little bit hypocritical to say this in Texas when it's not that cold. But even when I visit Aiden's family in Vermont, it's freezing up there and I hate the cold. I'm not a fan of cold weather. I like it every now and then, but I just, I, I don't thrive in cold weather, but they always go on walks. And at the start, I would be like, why are we walking so much in the wintertime? Like, I'm going to go crazy. It's so cold outside. But once you bundle up and you're out there for 10 minutes, you eventually enjoy it. You eventually like, you know, feeling the blood flowing through your veins. It's kind of like working out. But even if you're just going on walks with other people, that is really helpful too. So those are a few ways that I kind of combat the seasonal blues. But I know they're really hard, especially when it's just cold and dark. And also just having things to look forward to. We're trying to book quite a few like fun trips. We're doing a lot in March that I'm really excited about. We're going to Florida and then we're also going to a wedding in Austin. I have a girl's trip that we had booked for the end of January because we wanted something to look forward to because January is just kind of a boring month into February. I'm going to a bachelorette weekend in February. Like having these things to look forward to when times are just kind of down, I think it's also really helpful that is everything for this episode. I think I just hit the 45 minute mark. So I hope you guys enjoyed listening. I hope you all have a wonderful Christmas time if you celebrate or whatever holiday you're celebrating this year. Look forward to a New Year's episode coming too that will have some New Year's motivation. I love y'all. My podcast listeners, you guys are the absolute best. You mean so much to me from the bottom of my heart. I hope you guys all get to spend some time with family or loved ones. And just know also if you're feeling down, it's okay. But as always, there is hope. So thank you guys for listening and I'll catch you guys in my next episode. Bye friends.